everybody. Welcome to the Film Pigs podcast. This is an unprecedented episode of the Film Pigs podcast. There's no precedent has been set. No precedent has been set yet. Um, it's just me, Todd Anderson, and Steve Skelton yes. in the studio today. Yeah. Uh, Steve Falk is unavailable. Um, and you're probably thinking, oh, no. Here, episode, here we go. Here we go. Episode of the Bacon. What kind of crap are they going to talk about? Todd's DVDs Don't again? Waste my bandwidth. With. <laughs> but no, we've decided to do a structured podcast. What? Despite the fact that we only have two guys, and we're both. You and Falk did one of these, like one of these, though. Did we do a structured? Yeah, I think one? you did a structured one when I was in Poland. Oh. oh. So this is kind of a precedent. But it's unprecedented because we've never done. Oh, there's no precedent for that. No, no. There's no precedent for that, us doing it, I would agree, is unprecedented. Because normally we just do the bacon. Yeah. We've, there's a precedent for that. Yeah. Also, uh, we're... Now the word precedent has no meaning to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're also both ludicrously tired because we stayed up late uh, at a midnight screening of uh, a short film. Uh, which was part of a, a, a block of short films that dances with films called Dog Catchers. Yeah, which was directed by our friend of the show, uh, Frank Stokes. Yeah. Written and directed by and starring Todd uh, Robert Anderson. Yeah, and that Rusty Schwimmer. Yeah, and it's and, really good. And Chet, and Chet Nelson. And Chet. Zombie. And, and Todd Bridges' mom. It's a really good. It's a really good short. It's a lot of fun. It's very funny. I like it. I like it. And we got to watch it with um, Tiffany Shepis. Yes. Uh, Scream Queen. She's been in more than a hundred uh, horror and exploitation shows over the years, so it was fun to meet her. I thought she was spirited and wonderful. <laughs> uh, although she, I, I, I got a picture taken with her, and I and I said, uh, I own so many movies that you're in, and she's like, Oh, really? Which ones? And I was like, What What are your faves? And she listed two that I hadn't seen. Uh oh. And I was like, No. I have, like, the hazing and Nightmare Man. And she went... And she looked at you like you were a lunatic. Yeah, she went, ugh. And <laughs> was, so. was immediately uh, wanted to get away from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like the hazing and Nightmare Man. So, <laughs> so I'm sorry that she would rather I own something else. Uh, but that, that, that's all there is. I, I don't. I have those. You know, I also have Tromeo and Juliet. Of course you do. Uh, which she's in. Uh, that was her first movie. Um, anyway, uh, I think we should do a segment called Movie News. Yes, we have uh, scoured the uh, Americas and beyond. The Americas? And <laughs> there's something beyond America? And to find the latest in movie news. Um, let's go to, uh, Steve Skelton, our crack reporter, Steve Skelton. I have, I have used all of my crack reporting skills, mm -hmm. um, to look at, uh, one of the first things I found on the internet, which was that Josh Brolin has been confirmed to play Thanos in the Marvel movies and regarding the galaxy and Avengers three. Oh, okay. Uh, he's the big bad guy. All right. But I think they're gonna. I think he's just doing the voice because I think I think it's from what I've read. It seems like that it's gonna be like a big, maybe like a performance capture like cartoon because mm -hmm. the Thanos, the actual 
bad guy in the comic books is kind of a big comic booky alien uh, uh, guy. So are you saying Brolin's going to mocap it himself? Well, I don't know, because the weird thing is, is because Guardians comes out, you know, this summer. Right. So I don't know if they're just announcing this now and they've been keeping it under wraps and, like, he's he's been doing, like, the mocap, like, you know, Gollum style um, as well as the voice. Uh, or if I love that song, by the way, Gollum style. <laughs> Gollum style. Or or if Thanos is really actually just going to have a really small appearance and not be the main bad guy of Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe it's like, like a be teaser thing. Yeah, he'll end. be revealed because the teaser at the end of the first Avengers was Thanos. Was it? Yeah, the the, the post credits with yeah. the smiling the smiling dude right at the end because you don't know the characters, but no. I do. That's Thanos. Oh, okay. So it was a different... They had some other actor made up and, and I guess, CG layered on or whatever, however they did it, okay. just to do the teaser, but apparently it's Brolin. Oh, interesting. Well, I like Brolin, um, and the Avengers are all right, so that that's good news, it feels yeah. like. no, I think it should be all right. Unfortunately, I gotta, I gotta bring down the mood. Oh, no. Um, the news, and this is the worst news movie news has ever seen. What? That the Expendables three Ugh. is yeah no I know this rated PG thirteen that's insane it's going to be released as a PG thirteen movie um, there was rumors during the second one that Chuck Norris was really pushing for a PG thirteen because he's a born again and he felt excessive violence was morally wrong but he didn't get his way well but, it's morally wrong now that after he's made made himself a millionaire at it. Well, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of hypocrisy. Like that, like that, like that kid from Two and a Half Men. I, let's be honest. Chuck, Chuck Norris is exactly like that kid from Two and a Half Men. I love Chuck Norris movies from Just the 80s. Beard. I love his weird beard. I love his white man martial arts. But, white, white foo. But I don't think he's 100% clear in his head about what's up. Yeah. I, I don't know. But the point is, is the new one is PG-13. I don't believe Norris is in this one. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think he is. I don't think so. Um, and Stallone actually, you know, released a statement explaining why. And it he was said, PG-13. Yes, he said, this movie is PG-13 because, quote, we want to reach more people, which is a pretentious way of saying we want more money. Yeah. And then he said, and a lot of younger people aren't familiar with the action heroes. And, and, and we and, owe it to them... <laughs> To bring them a piece of entertainment that's more, you know, to their liking. That's bullshit. Lionsgate pressured them into a PG-13 yeah. rating because they want to do... Because, okay, here's the thing. Because they want to hit their, their quadrants. Right, well, Expendables 2 didn't do... It did great overseas. Yeah. Um, which is why there's a three, but it didn't do well domestically. Right. Unlike the first one. Right. Now, you know, a paltry $82 million or something like that, which is a lot of goddamn money yeah. anyway, because it's not a ludicrously expensive. Yeah. It's like probably like a 40, 45 million. I mean, I mean, by, by that metric of just, just bringing the $82 million and that being a failure by that metric, my life, my entire life is a massive monumental failure. <laughs> So, so here's the thing. Here's where I, now this is an, I'm going into a little bit of an editorial here, but I think Lionsgate. I'm going to allow this. I think Lionsgate is making a huge, huge mistake uh, uh, because 
For the very reasons that Stallone states, this is why we're making it PG-13, because people aren't familiar with yeah. us, the younger yeah. people. What makes you think that PG-13 is going to change that? Yeah, it's going to, like, watering it down and making it bland is going to make it more palatable. Right. For for who? And, yeah. and, and guess what? That $82 million that you made in the first one came from people who are familiar with you. Yeah. Specifically your 80s genre movies. Yeah. With their excessive violence, yeah. so you are actually destroying your audience. You're you're not being true to your core audience, which is always a mistake. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's gonna bomb. It's, it's gonna be it's, a huge failure at PG thirteen. Yeah, it's gonna tank. This is a tank. I and, mean, not as much of a failure as my entire life. No, that's worse. In in terms of just pure money. No, yeah, um, but uh, there are other things. But it's well, yeah. But I mean, we don't have time to go into all that. Yeah, just, no, no. This isn't on the like, pure economic. This level, isn't where compared, Skelton went compa- wrong. Yeah, the podcast. compared yeah. to you know, compared to Expendables two. Yeah, um, yeah, no. Expendables two is a better person than you. <laughs> oh, easily. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think maybe we should start a discussion. Burn Hollywood, burn! I smell a riot going on. First the guilty, now they're gone. Yeah, I'll check out a movie. But it'll take a black one to move me. Give me the hell That's right, it's time TV. for our theme discussion. And uh, it's me, the host of this episode. I have to come up with I had to come up with a subject uh, to talk about that wow. might be interesting. Sounds really difficult. And it has to do with movies. Amazing. Uh, so I had so to So you, you must have must have taken you hours. Yeah, I had to put on my thinking cap and think it. I had to think it out. So because of this Expendables thing, and my love of, you know, the B-movie, yes, as it were, yes. I thought we would talk about sort of the death of the B-movie. Oh. And maybe it's still got a little life in it. Yeah. But it, it's, but it seems it's, so kind of mutated yeah, in, its, yeah. in its form. So I thought we'd just do like a brief history, yes. right? And correct me if, you know, you think any of this is off base. I will t- immediately jump in and correct you if I think anything you're saying is wrong. Okay, great. Uh, so the B movie. I have to stop you right there. Okay. What what did I get wrong there? I'm not sure, but it didn't feel. It right. didn't sound. Yeah. Here, let me try it again. The B movie. Close enough. Okay. It's better. Uh, the B movie has been around basically as long as the movies have. You know, um, like you had uh, like like take Bela Lugosi for example. Yes. He made a, a Universal picture called Dracula, but took the fame of that. And spun it into a B-movie career, where he made movies like White Zombie and stuff, which mm-hmm. were lower budgeted. But all these movies back then, they were content filler, you know? Because they had double features, Saturday matinees. So they'd run the B-movie first, and then run the studio yeah, feature yeah, after. Yeah, it was one, yeah, one of the And yeah, in between, they're the like same. newsreels and stuff. Yeah. But that's what, like, the B-movies were quickly made, cheaply made, to fill up space at the movie theaters. And then... Uh, you know, at, at, with the the dawn of the drive-in, um, there was even more of that happening, and those B movies got more extreme because they were going for the shock value yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. Um, and then, uh, and we we're in our forties, early forties. Oh. oh God, how you feeling? I'm honestly not very good. You don't feel good. No, uh, I don't either. You don't uh, look good. I feel awful. Yeah, no, uh, you look terrible. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go to a doctor. Um, they're just at, at this point at our age, all a doctor says is when we, hey doc, I'm feeling bad. He just looks at me now and just goes, "It's because you're old." 
Yeah. That's yeah. all they say now. Once you yeah. get over 40, that's yeah. that's the diagnosis for any problem you have. Yes. Is, you're old. Yeah. yeah that'll be $90 and get, and get out of my office. I know. I went, I went to the doctor because I was having some discomfort. And yeah. he was like, uh, I don't know what that is. Here, try all four of these pills. And whichever one works best, keep taking that pill. And I was like, okay. It's not. Anyway. Also, also they're illegal pills, and you will have to go to Mexico to get them. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, but our our age, our generation, kind of saw the end of the drive-in. Yes. You know. And the, yeah, the drive-in, the drive-in double feature. Right. Uh, yeah. and, the, and the drive-ins, you know, were a dicey affair because there was some super slocky stuff. This kind of stuff celebrated by Joe Bob Briggs today. Yep. Um, but then there was really cool kind of drive-in fare, like Vanishing Point. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, well, even like Scorsese's Mean Streets was a B-movie. It really kind of was. It's yeah. a low-budget yeah. movie yeah. that took place in a bar. I don't know yeah. how much play it got. It was probably more art house play than drive-in but, play. But, but if we're talking a B-movie as like a particular, you know, as a defining element of a B-movie's budget... Well, I think part, it's part I think like, it's I know. think it's two things because I think there's some, like some sort of crossover between the art house and stuff me. and the B yeah, movie stuff. Yeah. In that, I mean, I think like it, it's pure art house if it's if it's a pure drama or a romance yeah. or something, you know, a versus like a, movie. versus like a Roger Corman. Right, right. Uh, but then I think I think when you take a movie like Mean Streets, you know, it kind of like crosses that bridge because it's got these genre elements. Yeah, like exploitative genre elements, the violence and the gangsters and 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 you know the sex and all that stuff, but it's done with you know more finesse than yeah. a, a Roger Corman yeah. uh, more more picture, right? Yeah. Although Corman like did you know produce some like cool stuff like Death Race Two Thousand is actually a really funny social satire. Yeah, so you know they sometimes I I find that that's true about. You know, some of the best B movies are well, kind of yeah, quiet. They're or, using or quiet the genre. Satire. Yeah. yeah, they're usually yeah. They're and, and yeah. Well, a B movie is generally you know can be you know the the best example of a genre, especially if you're doing like a, if you're doing like a science fiction or a horror or you know like a really specific more like pulpy uh, right. pop culture oriented genre. Right. Um, the you know the 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 classic B movie is often the better example of that. Than uh, you know a a more higher budgeted or higher wider released genre. Picture. Well, take this example. You you've got like the Terminator franchise. Yeah. But the original Terminator, even though you know it's kind of considered an A movie at this point, was really a B movie. Yeah, it was one of the. Yeah, it's like at the tail end of kind of what the, because it's low budget. You know, genre oriented uh, and uh, and directed by a guy right out of the Corman House. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had a tough time in the Corman yeah. House. But still, but it's like, but, but, it's still, but, the, but if you look at the the original Terminator, I mean, you can see the Corman influence. You can see, you know, the genre, uh, the B movie genre influence, and it's and it's and you know, in the case of Cameron, I mean, I hate giving him credit now, um, but uh, but you know, to his credit, it wasn't. He, you know, he he wasn't running from that. He was using it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was using the tools at his disposal. Well, and 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 uh, the other interesting thing about B movies like that is, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of bridging into the rest of the discussion. But the you know, like they were were high concept a lot of the time. Yeah. But they were lower budget, so yeah. you 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 wouldn't necessarily have famous actors. Sometimes they wouldn't even be that great. Sometimes they are. 
you don't have to be famous to be a good actor. But sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes the effects were a little cheesy. Yeah. You know, the the whole affair was a little low rent. But um, watching a B movie, you know, I felt like audiences like really could forgive it those things, like riding on the concepts. Yeah. That weren't being done by major studios because yeah. they were weird and out there or yeah. scary or whatever. Um, and then. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough to get to go to some B movies at the, I mean, some uh, drive-ins at the end there. But then the '80s happened, and then that was the video store boom. Yeah, and and the drive-ins died, um, and yeah, and, and, the, and then yeah, and, and then the, the, the B low, movies, the low-budget B movies, are relegated to direct-to-video. Direct-to-video. So that was the beginning yeah. of the direct-to-video market, and then that evolution, like taking us beyond the video store into the internet and now streaming and all that. And there's still this demand for a massive demand for content, but the, the B movies, um, are so no budge. Yeah. Like the, the genuine B movies that are, that go straight to video now or have like their limited, like multi-platform release. If it happens to have a celebrity in it yeah, are so low budget compared to, you know, the Compared stuff to like the a studio movie, does. Like the 60s or 70s. Right, or, right. Yeah. But the studio stuff now that they pour, you know, $200 million into making are in a lot of, in a lot of instances are essentially what B-movies used to be conceptually. Yes. You know, action movies, fantasy movies. Well, no, that's, no, that, I mean, now the big, you know, the, the big, the big huge tentpole, you know, Studio A movies are essentially, you know, two hundred million dollar B movies. Yeah, this is what I'm in, saying. In concept, like, but again, it's and and especially now that we're into the whole comic book era of uh, blockbuster movies. I mean, comic book movies are just B movie by almost definition, right? I mean, but they're, they're, you can't. I mean, what's more pop culture right. than that? Then yeah, that's true. And I I don't mind superhero movies, but I don't think that the the, the I think we're getting cheated out of like a different kind of artistic voice. Yeah. Like it's so separated now. Like there are still art house movies, but they're very arty. And yeah. Slow That's and the thing. So yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, not, the low budget not... B movie, like the low budget B genre movie was always defined, you know, like, like you're saying, it's the, it, it takes huge conceptual risks in its high concept idea. Right. And, uh, that's something that you really don't see function as well. Well, in, the, in yeah, the, these two hundred million dollar yeah. versions of B movies are naturally risk averse because they're so yeah. expensive. I mean, like, I mean, I just think because it's like you, you look at something like you know, like like Inception, for example, mm-hmm. um, is ultimately a B movie concept, right? You know, and you know. And and the 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 simple B movie concept is it's a heist movie, but we're not robbing banks, we're robbing brains. Right, right. You know exactly. that 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 little log line there that sounds like a great fun B movie. Right. Um, but you know you you give it a hundred and fifty million dollars, and suddenly you're spending more time on you know kind of the big effects set pieces, and I, it seems to you know for me that. That that movie kind of lost sight of its high concept, and it would have worked better if it been like, well, we don't really have much money, so right. we can't do these huge special effects. So how are we going to do? How, do how are we going to represent? You know, uh, uh, you know, the mindscape, and how are we going to represent what we're doing, and and make that kind of interesting fun? So it's like more like you know, like you look like Dreamscape, 
Right. For example, it's like a it's better movie than Inception. Yeah, it's a lot more fun. It's a lot scarier. It's shorter. A lot weirder. It's shorter, and it's no budget. Yeah, exactly. And the effects in that are fun. Um, but you also is, can it forgive is, it too, because you're also dealing with like, oh, well, this is a dream. You know, dream. It's a dream world that we're dealing with, so it can look weird and low budget and not and right, clunky, right? And still be like compelling and scary and interesting, right? And I would argue that the the clunky, low budget dreamscape of Dreamscape is way more interesting a Dreamscape than an Inception. Yeah, well, in Inception, can, can, the dreams look so real. And mundane, and mundane, really, yeah. and there's nothing weird yeah. about them. There's no. But like, also think about it too. Like think about if like Dreamscape got like a hundred million dollar remake, and there was like this, like super like mocap CG Snake Man. Yeah, there would it be. Wouldn't, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't. As, it wouldn't be as interesting or as threatening or as scary. No. Well, and they also, you know, it's like for me, like it's like the last act of Insidious is like I like that movie a lot, which is like which I guess is you know in the in the vein of where B movies have gone. Yeah, now, more or the less. Direction. There's so few of those, yeah. though. But horror but, has has them more, but, like like modest budgeted yeah. versus like on video. What I'm talking about, but, I mean that's no. Oh yeah, no, stuff. no. no. But, I mean, but what I'm saying is like is, is like the like the like Insidious had too much money, I think, oh, because right. their third act was all that cartoon Darth Maul chasing right. people around, and that just didn't work for me. And the first two acts were actually pretty suspenseful and scary because it was low budget and they were relying on old school scare t- tactics and tricks, right. and it was working. And then it became the third act, and went, well, let's blow all our money here and make it like a studio, what a studio would do. Uh huh. And add in a scary cartoon, which wasn't scary. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you there. I mean, and that and I still like that movie. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But that third act, I was like, oh come on. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. would have been way scarier if it had been a dude in that makeup the whole time but chasing people. It, it's like movies like that and The Expendables too. I I think as, as well the first Expendables movie, which is you know a lower budgeted movie than yeah. than a lot of these tentpole action movies by a quarter. Yeah. You know, um, but that happens so seldomly. And then, you know, you know, the money, the temptation of money yeah. winds up cutting off the balls of the franchise yep. eventually because they try to turn. I mean, with that, there, there's no concept there. It's just all these old guys who you knew who used to shoot people in yeah. the 80s movies are shooting people again. Yeah. I mean, there's it, it's not even high concept. It doesn't deserve a, bu- a big budget. No, it doesn't deserve it's almost no concept. There, there's, and that's. Kind of right. what's fun about it. Yeah, but there's no point in trying to reach... Like, that, we're the audience you're, you're trying to yeah. reach. There's no point in trying to get yeah. families to go to The Expendables 3. That's dumb. That's a dumb decision. Yeah. Um, but I think that's part of the... Like, that whole marketing structure of... of like, the corporate marketing structure of Hollywood now and has just created this huge gulf in between, like... You know what B movies used to be, and and like the A movies now. Yeah, which are hundred million plus. Hundred million plus, and then you have movies being made for like a hundred thousand um, dollars, and 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 like the problem that are with on those festival circuit, right, right, and that are that spend their time trying to get into streaming services, right, or right, some sort of and small I think distribution, right, but I think the problem with those so often is that the filmmakers. Are actually, you know, making a bid for getting into the big leagues. Yeah, it's more, and, of, it's more, it's more of an audition for right. a, a studio uh, budgeted movie rather than 
what kind of good movie can I make with $100,000? It's like, what kind of movie that I can make that fits into the genre fair yeah. that the, these uh, like small distribution companies yeah. can easily market? So it's generally like shit with zombies in it or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and like so, so many of these movies are like made I- incompetently. But, you know, they'll just jam a poster on it and, yeah. you know, put it on Netflix. Yeah, and there you go. That'll suck you into doing it. But it's just sort of, I guess... It's sort of sad, you know, and outside of the, uh, I don't know if they're ever going to make another Crank movie, you know, but I think that's kind of yeah. like why we like Cranks yeah. is because they're a lower budgeted, just crazy high yeah, concept and, yeah, action movies. Yeah, and they went full bore with their concept. Right. Like that, con- those, the Crank movies, there's, there's nothing in those movies that is helpful to a studio trying to sell that movie. No, it's all about their insane concept. But that's and that's but, why that's why it's interesting. Yeah, and that's why it, I mean, whether you like but, it or not, right. whether you think it's a lot of fun or whether you think it's like horribly offensive garbage, it it's they're still you know the filmmakers. It's it's them a hundred percent with their concept. It's not that's not a calling card for hey now give us a hundred million dollars to do something like this. Right, right. No studio it, it, would ever yeah, do that. Yeah, they're like this is yeah, and I miss that. Like we don't see enough of that. Yeah. And uh, I miss that artistic edge to to genre movies, to like what are essentially, you know, shut off your brain movies. But it's kind of fun when you go to a shut off your brain movie yeah. and it turns out to be really well, smart yeah, and, that, and well that's thought the thing. out. And that's and actually really that's a, the, what you just said is kind of what just clicked is like what made what made B movies, um, you know, not the what B movies have mutated into today, but what made B movies a lot of fun you know, 20, 30 years ago was they were low budget. They were, um, you know, very much about the concept and they didn't have stars driving them. So they either had to rely on, hopefully you got some good character actors that, that bit into the material or you just got people who could get the words out maybe. Yeah. Um, but it was your concept that, that was, was driving the movie. And, and so it was just, be wildly experimental as experimental as you can be with no budget yeah exactly and you had to be clever you had to be you know you had to be innovative you i mean you, you're either doing a cookie cutter you know uh uh by the numbers genre picture or you're mm. doing something really crazy and experimental right yeah and not a lot I, it's doesn't see, you know, i don't see like a lot of like middle ground it's like it's either like okay they were just churning it out yeah um, to make a buck you know f- this week or you know, this group of people made this picture and they were trying something really crazy. Right. And, you know, most of the time it doesn't work, but who cares? What's interesting is well, that, is the it, attempt it, in trying to do something interesting. Those are interesting failures, too. Yeah. And those are more fun for me to watch than a, a, a movie that simply fails to be entertaining. But it's like, yeah, I mean... It's, and you, is risk-averse yeah, and, and then dull. And you go back and you have, I mean, directors that are you know, huge directors now, you know, you go back, you know, that they're like, like Raimi... Clearly, hugely influenced by you know B movies and B horror movies. Yeah. You look at the, you look at Evil Dead and you look at the the things he did. You know, nailing the cameras, the two by fours, and running them through the four. You know, really super low budge, no budge, but but uh, uh, very uh, viscerally experimental right. and and visually turns out to be super interesting. Right. Um, and that's the kind of thing that that old school B movies brought to the table that you don't see that much now. Yeah, we need more of that. We need it to cut. We need B movies back. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm wondering though now because I mean I think also you know like, you, you pointed out that now it's B movies are polarized. 
um, to we have huge budget movies and no budget, and there's no middle range budget stuff anymore. You know, there's yeah, there's mid high budget minimal. stuff yeah. like Luc Besson stuff in Europe, with you know the Statham movies and the and the Liam Neeson movies that are probably like the forty to sixty million twenty right. twenty to sixty million probably range. But that's still a lot of money. Um, that's still making a movie for major wide release. Right. Um, but I'm wondering if now because you know TV and film is going through the same type of digital disruption that that you know music went through five mm-hmm. ten years ago that if, once that landscape changes and we change kind of how we get our movies and that's gonna like bring back a niche for this type of you know a, not no budget movies but right. a, a, a small to modest budget B movie again I would like that skeleton I would very yeah. much like that as I, I'd miss it I miss that stuff um, so that's our discussion of uh, the the B movie it was really really fascinating I loved it I loved it so now it's time uh, to uh, adjourn ourselves to the courtroom that's right it's movie jail time. We're going to put a film professional on trial for crimes against cinema. Will he be remanded to the Robert De Niro Maximum Security Penitentiary, which has, of course, a minimum security wing, a drunk tank, a yard filled with critics and dogs, um, and there are a lot of other things that could happen to you. It's it's a terrifying place, the penitentiary. You don't want to go there. No. So you no. don't want to break these rules. So, uh, Steve Skelton, yes. please... Approach the bench. I am approaching the bench, and now I am at the bench. Hello, welcome to the bench. Uh, thank you for having me at your bench. Okay, yeah, I'm glad you came to the <laughs> bench. So, uh, who's on trial today? Um, I have a uh, uh, a group of people that Uh-oh. I want to put on trial. Um, it's an unusual trial because I can't identify exactly who they are. Uh, huh. But uh, I'm I'm blaming Disney executives, mm-hmm. but. In reality, it's ultimately whoever is responsible at Disney slash Marvel for Edgar Wright's departure from his long in development Ant Man picture. They need to be prosecuted. Yeah. Now, what happened? Let me there? let me let me explain why. Okay. Uh, now Edgar Wright, the director best known for his Cornetto trilogy with Simon Pegg, The Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End, and as well as the comic book adaptation uh, of Scott uh, Pilgrim vs. the World, mm-hmm. he's been as, um, among other things, but th- 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 those are his big. Uh, his, his big pictures. He's been developing this Ant-Man movie with Marvel for at least the past six years. Probably, I think maybe a little bit more, maybe like six to eight years. Um, and recently, the casting, major casting was announced, which was uh, Paul Rudd as mm-hmm. the Scott Lang Ant-Man and Michael Douglas as uh, Hank Pym. The, he was the original Ant-Man, but he's also the scientist that invented the shrinking and growing mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, stuff that, that makes Ant-Man what Ant-Man is. That sounds like a good cast. Yeah, and it was that, that was announced in, along with the summer 2015 release date, so next, next summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? Uh, now, Wright has recently left the project, reportedly due to creative differences over script rewrites. Now, bear in mind, he—I think he and Joe Cornish, I think, have been writing, have been writing the script. He's been developing the script for six years mm-hmm. with Disney slash Marvel. It's not a surprise to anybody what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so basically, uh, Wright has gotten support 
from some of the big guns at the Marvel Studios, like Joss Whedon and James Gunn, and even the guy running the studios, Kevin, is it Feige or Feige? I can't... Uh-huh. Anyway. <clears throat> um, so it feels to me like the creative conflict has come from higher up the chain of command, mm-hmm. um, the powers that be at Disney at the executive level. Now, I believe... Wright's vision for Ant-Man was more broadly comic in style than the suits at Disney were comfortable with, as well as likely having few, if any, overt ties to the now-established Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. Assuming the movie going public would be unwilling to accept a superhero movie tonally different from what has gone before, I believe the Disney machine ordered script rewrites to mitigate Wright's more wacky elements and to insert direct Marvel Cinematic Universe references, leading to his departure. Right. Um, so he wanted to make a fun movie. Yeah. With Paul Rudd, which is a good choice. Yeah, and and I'm guessing it's more in the style of his Cornetto trilogy types of movies right. that are more wacky, more comic, um, you know, but character oriented comedy, right. but in the superhero fashion, which is act. It's fucking Ant Man. Yeah, it's a yeah, hero yeah. named Ant Man. It's not. Right. We don't want to do a be Dark Knight style. Yeah, it should be silly. It should be fun and and the Scott Lang character. His you know he's actually like a thief in the in the comics lore. He's and he steals the Ant Man costume, and oh. uses it for crime, and 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 eventually re- becomes a reformed hero. That kind of thing. So there's a lot of fun like possibilities there. Um, now. While I don't think all of Wright's movies are successful, I do believe he's a director with a particular comic vision that was a great fit for the Ant-Man movie, especially if it's going in the style of like the Peter Milligan and Mike Allred's Mar- Marvel comic, Ecstatics, um, which was a, uh, a, a like an X-Men spinoff uh, about a group of muni- mutants who were really interested in becoming famous and <laughs> celebrities. Right. Um, and it was a really, really fun, cool, like uh, interesting, silly comic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and tonally way different from any other, like, X-Men-style comic. Yeah. And there's room for that. Um, so having been in development on the picture for at least the last six years or so also shows that Wright was heavily invested in this project creatively. So the fact that Disney thinks it can just plug in a new director and start shooting the movie a year before their hard release date leads me to believe they're more concerned with hitting a profit window than producing a quality movie, which is a move that will only damage the money-printing machine Marvel Studios has created for them. Yeah. And in fact, just today, I was uh, had some news that um, they had announced that uh, Adam McKay had been hired to replace Edgar Wright mm-hmm. in the Ant-Man movie, and just before I came over here to record this, it was updated, Adam McKay has said, no, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Because um, I'm guessing he got a, he got the script and and saw all the prep work that had been done and had ended up seeing what had been changed mm-hmm. and what was happening to it on the corporate it level. Probably, when, yeah. and, and also knowing, oh, and you have a hard release date of next summer. Yeah. And you haven't, shooting hasn't started yet. Yeah. So, so he went, f- eh, fuck that. No, no, not doing that. Um, yeah. Well, good for him. So, uh uh, so honestly, I don't know exactly what the issue was that caused Edgar Wright to leave the Ant-Man project, but I just want Disney executives to be chased by angry dogs. I uh, I think your uh, case is very eloquent. Thank and you. I think that we should hire a, a team of um, military, former military <laughs> guys, uh, you know, former SEAL Team Six guys or something like Steven Seagal types. To yeah, to hunt down these. Uh, Faceless, anonymous cowards. I think they're in Burbank. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll send them to Burbank. 
find them. So we probably don't need then, Navy SEALs to find them. And then we'll put them in the yard with the yeah, dogs. With the yeah, with the film credit, with yeah. America's movie credits. Yeah, yeah. I think All that's right. fair. I think that's uh, excellent. Bye, guys. You shouldn't have done that. That was a really, really successful uh, trial. I think. Yeah, it went really well. I have a, a really good feeling about that. I think justice yeah. was served. It was. Served. What is that noise? Is there something wrong with the? I don't song? know. Do you hear that? I no, I do, but I don't know what it is. What is that? Oh my gosh! What? There's some. Is something really wrong with the sound? Is there somebody? Oh wait. Uh, Steve Skelton yeah. has uh, found a line reading I have. from an actor that uh, honors the Nick Cage bizarreness that we love. Um, so what is it? Let's let's hear it. Um, what I have is it's a classic line reading uh, from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, that's the second one. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's one that I think a lot of people know and love. It's uh, uh, the Queen Sindel's wonderful line. Uh, there's a little bit of a, a, a build-up to it, though, uh, because I also didn't realize that uh, James Remar is in this. Oh, yeah, James Remar. So let's uh, have a listen. Shao Kahn, Emperor of Outworld. James Remar, Pansy. The Earth yep. was created in six days. So too shall it be destroyed. That was pretty good. And on the seventh day, mankind will rest in peace. This is not good. Somehow he's opened gateways to your world. I thought our victory in Mortal Kombat closed those portals. What closes can also open again. What is that supposed to mean? And here comes the queen. Mother. You're alive. Too bad you will die. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was not a moment uh, of dialogue that wasn't pushed. Yeah. Uh, dramatically. Yeah. And I also kind of love how snippy James Remar was about the what can be closed can be opened. Yeah, what can be closed can be opened. And, and it's like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, sure, I guess. It's like, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like general and obvious. <laughs> yeah. Like every, yeah. That, those are some awesome exchanges. It's good stuff. Yeah, it was just like people yelling cliches at one another. <laughs> Mortal Kombat cliche. Mortal Kombat cliche. Cliche-a-nation. So we have, uh, thanks for that Nick Cage Memorial oh, you're line reading. It was marvelous. Uh, so we have a special segment. Are you ready for the special segment? Oh, absolutely. Uh, all right, hang on. I got to go get the special guest. Todd is going to get our special guest right now. Nicole, are you ready? There, you can sit on my lap. All right, here we are. This is our special segment uh, with our special guest, Colby Scott Anderson. We're going to ask him some questions uh, about some of these movies he's been seeing lately. Um, so uh, he's been seeing some of those big uh, tentpole pictures. Oh. Uh, um, and uh, I think we'll just do them chronologically. Firstly... Uh, you saw Captain America Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier. Do you remember that one? Um, 
talking to the mic. Yes. Talking to the mic. Yeah. Yes, I do. And did did you like that picture? Yes. Yes. What did you like about it? Um. It wasn't a horror story. It wasn't a horror story, but it had. Did you like Chris Evans as Captain America? Yeah. Do you do you uh, do you do you think he was um, charming, and mm. and well put together? Um, the Chris Evans kind Captain, of kind of yeah. And did you like the action in that mm-hmm. movie? All right. What, what was it? What was your favorite part of the movie? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. You don't know. Do you remember? Do you remember what your favorite action scene was? Nope. No, me either. It's been a while. I liked it when the flying aircraft carriers crashed. Yeah, that was cool. Remember that? Um, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that too. It seemed like it was like in retrospect, is a terrible idea to uh, park flying aircraft carriers in the middle of Washington D.C. No, they didn't think that through. They did not think <laughs> that through. Uh, all right. Uh, then after that, you saw. Uh, I guess the next one would be Amazing Spider-Man Two. The Amazing Spider-Man Two. Do you remember that one? Um, yes. What'd you think of that one? It was... Mm-hmm. It was very... Fast. Very fast? So, so, like... Yeah, it, it was hard to catch when everything... What was happening because the screen kept moving one place to another. Oh, you're it's saying shaky. it was frenetic, yeah. shaky, and frenetically yeah. edited. Oh, that's a common thing in, in movies. So that actually bothers you. And you're only eight. Like, that's what old guys complain about, but you're only eight and it bothered you? What did you think about the acting in that movie? Um, it was good. Oh, by the way, I'm not eight, I'm 52. Okay. Oh, that, well, that explains... That explains, that explains why that. it bothers you. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were eight, because uh, you look like I'm you're 52. eight. I'm 52. 52, okay. Sorry about that mistake. Uh, did you, what was your, do you remember your favorite part of Spider-Man 2? The Amazing um, Spider-Man 2, I should say? Um, yeah, when that when that guy keeps talking about his birthday. There was a guy who talked about his birthday in The Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember the, that. The, um, Mr. Electric. Oh, yeah, because people electric. forgot about his birthday, right? Yeah. Is that why he was mad? And he got mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he got mad at Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man forgot his birthday. Yeah, Spider-Man, like, said, hey, you're my buddy at some point. And, uh, you know, the world I, got, I got your back or you got my back or something. But he was just being Spider-Man, you know, celebrity yeah, yeah. nice. And then, you know, when he didn't follow up on that, then uh, Jamie Foxx got mad at him. Well, that's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, did you think there were enough villains in that movie or do you think there should have been more villains? There should have been more villains. How many more villains would have made that movie better? Well, about 52. 52, which is your age. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's interesting. Um, okay, then the next one after that, I would say we should talk about is uh, something called Godzilla. Godzilla, Godzilla, Godzilla. <laughs> Does it always have to be a god, Godzilla? Why can't it be God Zeus? God Zeus? Yeah. Or Zeusilla? Yeah, Zeusilla. I don't know. That's a Zeus- good question. I like Zeusilla. I like Zeusilla, too. It's still hard too. to pronounce. Yeah, it's, it, it doesn't roll off the tongue very easily, but it's fun. Uh, did, did you like uh, Godzilla? The yeah. new Godzilla? Yes, but I, I think I would like... Um, I think I would like Zilla God better. 
You'd like Zilla God better? Yeah. But uh, Godzilla, as it exists, did you like the movie? Yeah, yes, yes. And what was your favorite part? Um... When Godzilla's fighting the other monsters. And wrecking the city before yeah. he, he takes a nap? Yeah, sir. Yeah, takes a nap. He's, he, 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 he's just really sleepy. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm... Do you remember anything about the human characters in that movie? Nope, I just remember the monsters. Okay, that's fair. Why is your voice morphing? What is happening to you? All right, final movie. I'm changing. I guess so. <laughs> final movie is uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. What'd you think of that one? I thought it was good. Yeah, you really liked it? Yes. Were there any parts that were, like, slow? Where no, you got sleepy? There was something the exact opposite. People can't hear you if you whisper. You have to talk at a regular voice, so they won't know your opinion. Cause okay. No, you don't need to yell. Just tell us, did you like it, the movie? Yes, I did like the movie. What was your favorite part? Um, you my favorite. I don't feel like these movies are sticking with you. <laughs> I think they. I think just washing. I washing think they right wash over. right yeah. over you. I don't think uh, they. Oh, that reminds me of my favorite movie. It's yeah. called The Washing Machine. It just shows this washing machine that everybody uses. It's a really good movie. You you should watch it sometime. I look forward to seeing The Washing Machine. Sounds like an Andy Warhol. Movie. Well, that sounds great. Well, thank you for telling us your fifty-two-year-old uh, <laughs> opinions about uh, these big tentpole movies. Maybe we'll check back with you later. What are you in the talking summer. about? 52 I'm 98 all right that's that's good all right thanks thanks for coming yeah, thank on the you. show Colby 98 year old Anderson hey all right thanks for coming bye I didn't do much you know all right I'll see you later buddy this is a really cranky 98 year old yeah he reminds me of Tan uh, all right, well, that's Colby on uh, Tentpole Films. I hope that was uh, helpful for you. If you're eight or uh, have eight-year-olds or 52 or 98 or one of those ages. Um, so it's time now to play a game. Now, of course, this game can't be a competition. Of course not. Because it's just you, Steve Skelton. Yes. Um, so what I'm, what we need to consider this is, is a, it's a quiz. Okay, a quiz. It's a quiz. We're just testing your knowledge to see how you do. See, see how well Ugh. can you be impressive? I'm really tired. Or will you uh, fail uh, as um, you often do in life, as we established okay. earlier? Yeah, no, There's a lot of failure. Looking forward to this. But uh, what I've done is uh, I, I've set up a. Uh, franchise quiz okay so these are all um movie franchises yes uh, i w i was nice okay and i did not do straight to video uh <laughs> horror franchises so you won't have to know well all... actually i'm sitting in your dvd room so i might be able to answer yeah you could questions. cheat you could cheat it's going to be a little <laughs> difficult though but so like you're not going to have to know anything about the leprechaun franchise so it's only theatrical uh well theatrical. i do remember there's two uh leprechaun on the hoods but i don't remember which order they're like which were they well they're the end are they the last two? The, are they the very last two? Or well, was there then like now a there's another leprechaun one. Leprechaun on the hood, and then and then a different leprechaun, and then another leprechaun on the hood. Well, it's leprechaun. Leprechaun two. Two. Leprechaun three. 
Leprechaun four in space. In space, and five is in the hood. And five is in the hood. And then it's and six then the also six in the hood. Six is back to the hood. Back to the hood. But okay. now they're doing a reboot or like a Leprechaun origin story, which what? is a reboot. What like like Leprechaun Origins Wolverine? Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. It's Leprechaun Origins. Wait, that's so stupid. <laughs> This is a franchise that began stupid and has remained consistently stupid. So I I would say they're yeah, nailing no, I guess, it. I they're, mean, I can't. They're, they're, it's they're stupid, it right. but I also can't fault it. No, you can't. Because it's, it's not like it's not like why can't they go back to when the Leprechaun movies were good? Well, yeah, and they've been consistently uh, offensively racist mm-hmm. um, and uh, misogynistic and uh, just kind of awful. Um, but they're a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> If you have a certain disdain for humanity. So all of these franchises, they have to have at least four. Okay. So it's four or more uh, titles. Now, what we're going to do is I'm simply going to say the name of the franchise. Right. And then I'm going to go one, two, three, four, five. Oh, my God. Like whatever. We'll see how you do. Yeah. It's all subtitles. So um, I thought I'd start um, with an easy one. All right. This is this franchise yes. is the Die Hard franchise. Ah, okay. So the number one is called it's Die Hard, and number two. Now that depends on where it's released, because uh, I believe stateside it was just Die Hard Two, but it's also been known as Die Hard Two, Die Harder. Yeah, I think it was Die Hard Two, was Die, it Harder. Die Harder here. Yeah, as well? it was anyway, Die Harder but, here. Um, uh, but that that's it could argue that that's just a subtitle, not yeah. a part of the title. Yeah. But that's sort of what we're doing here. Yeah, is yeah. You got to get the subtitles. All right, so three. That was that was just Die Hard with a Vengeance, wasn't it? That is correct. Four and four was the Oliphant. Was four Oliphant? Uh huh. And was that a good day to Die Hard? No. That was the fifth one. Yeah. So this one is. Wait. So shit. Wait. Then which one is it? It's Die. I'll uh, give you a hint. New Hampshire license plates. Oh, a good day to Die Hard. That's uh, no. That's the fifth one that you're. Oh, live free or Die Hard. Live that's free what, or damn Die it, I knew Hard. That was, yes. Yeah. That's it. That's it. All right, so you did pretty well, I think. Um, you got those last two mixed up, I got, I but got that kind of makes up. sense because they're they're bland and not as memorable as the other ones as movies. All right, now this one, this is gonna be hard. All right, the franchise yes. is Police Academy. Oh God, these I can't ever keep these straight. Let's, All right, number it's, one, I mean, it's just Police Academy. Good, Police Academy yeah. Two, Back in Training, or is that no, the third one? That's the third Damn one. Damn it. Uh, so wait, so Police Academy 2 is, um, Assignment Miami Beach? No, no. That's no, four. That's, no. For five. That's five. five. Okay. Yeah. Is, does Police Academy 2 have a subtitle? Yeah. Damn it. Uh, Back in Action. Uh, no, there's no, that's nothing three? called, that's, yeah, wait, or, you already said Back in Training, back which in is training. three. Damn it. Damn it. I thought, I thought two. So you've nailed, thing. so far you've nailed the first one. The third and You've the got fifth. the third one and you got the fifth one. Uh, assignment what Miami the, what's Beach. Which two? Um, it's the first one with Bobcat Goldthwait. Police Academy two with Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> no, it's their first. Oh, assignment. oh, their first assignment. Damn it! Damn it! So you got three back in training. All right, and, so then, what's the, and four? then I'm missing four. And and you're missing six and seven. Oh God! Well, I don't I don't even know what seven is. Um, so wait, so wait, it was three was back in action. Back in training. Back in training. And five is assignment Miami Beach. Right. So that makes um, is four the one where they. Is there one where they like fight Russians or something? No, that's the seventh one. 
Oh, God. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to... I, I'm going to be trailing off of these. Well, you did all right. You got four of the seven. So four is Citizens on Patrol. Citizens on Patrol. Okay. And five is Assignment Miami. Beach. Six is City Under Siege. <sighs> yeah, I don't And seven that. is Mission to Moscow with oh, Ron, okay, that's Ron okay. Perlman. All right, yeah. So uh, a fun li- little fun tidbit, you can get all of these films in a Blu-ray box set. <laughs> that is a fun tidbit. Oh, wait, I forgot I had a fun tidbit um, from the uh, uh, line reading. Oh, okay. It's a fun fact. Um, the the Queen Sindal or Sindal or whatever the character's mm-hmm. name is at the very end, he goes, Oh, you will die. That actress, uh, her name is M- Musetta or Musetta Vander. And the fun fact is she was also one of the sirens in Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, that is interesting. That's a fun tidbit. That I'm glad we uh, stopped this yeah. quiz and got that tidbit. I'm glad you weren't at all passive aggressive about that. No, but no, stop interrupting me. Um, all right, so um, all right, I'm trying so. to figure out. Like, I think I'm going to save. I'm looking at one that I know is going to be so hard. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go easy again. All right, this should be pretty easy for you. All right. The franchise yes. is the Dirty Harry franchise. Oh, but shit, I get these mixed up. Number though. one. Number one is um, The Enforcer. No. Number one in the Dirty Harry franchise. Is, it just, is Dirty Harry? But I thought they. I thought Dirty Harry was like the second one. I thought the original one was not a... No. No, you're wrong there. Because the first one isn't a Dirty Harry. It's... Is it just Dirty Harry? It's just Dirty Harry. Oh, damn it. For some reason, I thought the first one was a like a standalone title, and then they said Dirty Harry. No. So, okay, so it was Dirty Harry, and then it was The Enforcer. No. The fuck is before The Enforcer? It's the one with Hal Holbrook and the Vigilante Cops. Okay, now I'm confused, one of which is that one is sticking in my head as The Enforcer. No. So, it's, uh, 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 uh... What kind of gun does he have? Is it, oh, Magnum Force. There you go. There Magnum you go. Force and The Enforcer, the, then Sudden Impact... Uh, then Deadpool. There it is. Yeah. You did it. You did it. I knew you could. It does get dicey, though. Well, because I, I also, because the, the old ones will, will be on TV a lot, and then I'll transpose them. Right. Yeah, that happens. Um, the Enforcer is the one with Tyne Daly. Right. It's the only one that doesn't really have, because you know he always bookends the movies with like a... With a quip. With a, thi- with a quip. No quip. And there's no yeah. bookend quip in that one. He quips a lot, but there's no bookend quip. Um, all right. Now we're going to do... This is a weird one. All right. Because this is actually... I'm just considering it all one franchise, even though it's really multiple franchises with the same character. And it's the Batman franchise. Oh, okay. So I want you to tell me the first... The name of the first Batman Well, that's like the 66 one. Is that just Batman? It's called Batman... Colon... Because it was... Oh, Batman the movie. Yeah, because it was a TV show. yeah, yeah, Yeah. So then the next one... Is the the Burton, mm-hmm. which is just Batman, right? And what's the second one? Batman Returns, right? And then and then Batman Forever, yes. And then um, okay, so wait, Batman Forever was Kilmer, right? Yes. And so then we go straight to Clooney, which is Batman and Robin, correct? And then Batman Begins, yes. And then the uh, and then uh, the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and then uh, the Dark Knight was it Rises? Yeah, that's it. Ugh. The Dark Knight Rises that movie sucked. Yeah, it's boring. Uh, all right, so now we're gonna get a little bit more difficult. The franchise is yes. There's only two more of these. Okay. 
The franchise is Friday the 13th. Oh, there's no way I'm going to get these. So, number one. There's absolutely no way. Number one. Well, Friday the 13th. Right. Number two. Friday the 13th 2. Part two. Part two. Um, that's a key thing to remember. There are part, always part. A part, yeah. Friday, uh, the third one is... Friday 13th, part three. We... Three... Stam... No! 3D. 3D. 3D, there it is, there it is. All right, so you're doing all right. The fourth one is called... Friday the 14th, part four. Friday the 13th. This one doesn't have a part four. Friday the 13th. Four... It can't be. No, it's not. I can't remember. This one does not five, have. This five. one does not have part in the title. Or right, but five like five is Jason goes to hell, right? No, or no. Is it, oh, that's you're, even late. I'm, I'm way, way too early. Yeah, fuck. yeah, yeah. Slow down, slow down. This was the one with Corey Feldman. Friday the Thirteenth with Corey Feldman. It was the first, last one. Friday the 13th, the last one, with Corey Feldman. The final chapter. The final chapter. The final oh, chapter. Okay. All right, the fifth one, take a stab. Yeah, but I already took a stab, and I was way off. Well, Friday the 13th, let's 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 that work this through. Chapter. Oh, the final uh, chapter. Oh, the next chapter, or was that a new beginning? Ah! A new, be- the new, a new beginning. Yes, and that was at Friday the 13th, part five. They started the, calling them parts. That's a part five again, okay. All right, and then, yeah, this and is then, really hard. then the next one, sixth one. Part, part six. Mm-hmm. Um... And okay, so it was like Jason goes to hell is like eight, right? Uh, no. Um, God okay, think think about this though. So we just did uh, a part five, a new beginning, a new beginning, the next then, chapter. No. Damn it! Do you remember? It what, should be do the you next remember chapter. What, yeah. Do you remember what a new beginning was though? No. A new beginning was not Jason. It was a copycat killer. Oh, it was the right. spoiler alert oh, the is the ambulance guy. driver. Yeah, yeah. So when that movie tanked, they realized what did they have to do? What do they have well, to do? Well they had to bring Jason back. Right. So what oh, is Oh it? oh uh Jason returns or return of Jason or return Well of... Jason was dead and now Jason Lives. Jason, Jason lives. lives. That's God part part six. Ugh. Now we got what's the seventh I'm already one? Already way the hell. What's the seventh one? I'm just going to keep saying Jason goes to hell until eventually I get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is called uh, Friday the 13th, Part 7, A New Blood. And that's okay, the yeah, one, I never, I that's the one that. with uh, Bernie, Terry Kaiser. Oh, uh, okay. And he's like a yeah, cr- I mean, crooked uh, doctor, but like the lead chick has like telekinetic powers and gets in telekinetic yeah, fights. Yeah, with... I, I have not seen that one probably... I've probably seen that once. I do not remember it. I love it. I love it. I've seen all these movies like 87 <laughs> times a piece. Um, I don't know why I like Jason movies so much. I just do. Uh, all right. Part eight. Goes to hell. No. Damn no, it. he went somewhere. He went somewhere before he went to hell, dude. You're forgetting. Did they do... Did it, is, we it's referenced eight, it. It's eight takes Manhattan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jason takes Manhattan. Right. Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. Jason I, takes I, I, Manhattan. That's weird because I thought I thought Manhattan was after Hell. But well, I guess that was the last of the Paramount movies, and then I like how then, you say that. Like I would go, oh, of course. Well, that is the last Paramount Friday movie. They sold it to New Line, right? So then the next one is a New Line movie, which is goes to Hell. Yes, Jason goes to Hell. The 
Final chapter. Final Friday. Final Friday. Final Friday. Because we already had they already had a final chapter. All right. So they can't have another final chapter. That's well, impossible. Of that would be re- they, that would be ludicrous. This is just the final Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't want it to be stupid. And then the tenth one is that's Jason in space. Yes, it's called is it in space or goes to space. No, it is. It, well, he's in Jason X. Jason X. That's just, all it was it just is. Jason X. It didn't, yes. have, it didn't have like an in space subtitle. No, we just uh, knew he was going right. to space. And the tagline was "Evil gets an upgrade." Yeah, because that, that one that one made me laugh because of the trailer where the guy goes, "Guys, guys, it's all right." He just wanted his machete. <laughs> There's a lot of funny bits in that movie. Actually, I think it's kind of an underrated uh, Jason picture. Um, all right, and then the next one after that. Eleven is a franchise mashup. Oh, oh, Freddy versus Jason. There you go. Yeah. And then of course, of the course. last Friday the Thirteenth movie is called the last. I thought they did the like a reboot though. Mm. There were a couple in the reboots. There's only one so far. Oh, and this is it. This is, is the is title. The yeah, this is the reboot. We're on the reboot. What well, do they call it? Isn't just Friday the 13th? Yes, exactly. Yeah, they just started. They've gone yeah. full circle. Yeah. There is another one. I thought one. they did two. I thought there were two in the reboot, though. I thought there was, like, another one. But did they... Or is it just being still being made? It's still being made. Oh, okay. There, There is one slated to come out next year, I think. Oh, okay. Like, okay. the Friday Which would be the, the second in the reboot. That'll be the okay. second. I actually, you know, for... I thought the Friday the 13th reboot was pretty good. It was um, all right, yeah. Because it was, it like, like well, jammed it the, first the first three. Two, really, the first, the first three. three. Okay, yeah. But yeah, it didn't. Yeah, I like... it, yeah, it kept the original story, but also got Jason. Like, the original it. story was just the very beginning. Like, yeah. the story of the chick and the mom. Yeah. And then there's, like, Friday the 13th Part 2. It's just a bunch of guys doing drugs in the woods, and yeah. they all get killed. And then the movie actually starts with the regular character. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It's three movies in one. I recommend it. All right. Now, this is the hardest one. Oh, this God. is the last one. It's right. the hardest one uh, because the titles... The Friday the 13th was hard enough for me. That the, was... Yeah. The titles are so... Um, I don't know. What's the word? Uh, stupid? I, yeah, stupid, but also just like... Conf- confusing. Confusing and the same. And they, Convoluted. And they have yeah. almost no meaning. Yeah. Um, yeah, obsequious? Is that the right word? <laughs> uh, probably not. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, it's Resident Evil. Oh, no. No, there's no way I'm going to get this. All right, and I've seen one. all these movies, but it all I'll blends give you, together. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Number one is called... Resident Evil. Got it. Number two is... Resident Evil 2. There's no numbers. Jason goes to hell. There's no numbers. Uh, Jason's not in this. Okay, okay but I, Resident Evil... What is the second one? Because the... Third one is, is the third one. The third one's apocalypse. No. The fourth one's apocalypse. No. The fifth one's apocalypse. No. The sixth one's apocalypse. No. One's apocalypse. Two's apocalypse. Uh huh. I thought I didn't think apocalypse was that soon. No, it was the f- the first sequel, Resident Evil apocalypse. apocalypse. Okay. Then the third one, which took place in the in the desert. Oh, uh, was Resident Evil Doomsday or mm. De- Desert Day or? Hello, hey everybody! We're in the desert. Well, like Resident think Evil. Of, think of it this way: there, it, like after an apocalypse, the human race would be. Oh, uh, uh, depleted. Resident Evil depleted. Uh, no, <laughs> that's a good... Resident Evil extinction. There you go. <laughs> I knew you'd get there. I knew you'd get there. You worked <laughs> it out. All right, now after that, like I could have done those three, but after that, like even I can't. I if I was. 
Yeah, because there's a fourth. Okay, so the so fourth, the fourth one, one is Resident Evil. Oh, now I got, the only hint I can give you. But now I gotta is, think. It's like, right, can I remember any other Resident Evil titles? Well, what happens after Extinction? If if your if your franchise if your franchise keeps going, like what happens? Resident Evil reboot. Close. Re, oh, regeneration. Regenesis. Oh, oh, Regen. Oh, no. Re- that that was the name of the animated one. Oh, actually, fuck. Um, uh, but we're not talking about the animated one. Is it a reword? No, it's extinction. Extinction. If life ends, then Genesis. Wh- no, Genesis. <laughs> what? It's uh. Rebirth. Close. <sighs> Birth. Uh, Resident Evil. Repopable. Afterlife. 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 All right, now let's let's do the next one, the number uh, five. Resident Evil. It's like Resident Evil Jojovich. Jojovich is not the correct answer. Mm -hmm. It's Resident Evil Retribution. Retribution. Right. There's no way I would ever have gotten that. Uh, Me either. I would have never gotten that. And then the next one, which isn't out yet. Oh, uh, yeah, shit. It's going to be called... Resident Evil... Uh... Repocalypse. Close. It's uh, Resident Evil Rising. Rising? Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. That's a bad title. I'd say you did pretty well on the quiz. You should... You All should right, be, I mean, I feel okay. Be, you should be happy with yourself. I feel okay yourself. about it, yeah. That's the quiz. That's the quiz. I hope you had fun. I had so much fun with that quiz. You seem to have a great time. <laughs> and that's what this is all about, having a great time. Oh, sad kids. That means it's time for the bottom five. I have decided to compile a list of the five worst B-movie franchise sequels. Ooh. Number one. What's it? What is it? Death Wish 2. <laughs> because a rape revenge picture is already a dicey yeah, uh, undertaking. Yeah. Proposition. Yeah. So, and, and quite frankly, I mean, I like the original Death Wish. But that rape scene is deeply uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And not because, not in the way it should be, but more in like, this seems like it, someone's being titillated by this. No, it seems like Hitchcock shooting it. Yeah, yeah. It's creepy. And then with Death Wish 2, they made the mistake of just hanging out with the rape way longer. <laughs> Where his daughter gets kidnapped yeah, by crazies yeah. and held in a warehouse and it goes on forever until she runs out of a fucking window. Yeah. It's horrible. Horrible. It's just one of those movies that just makes you feel gross inside. And then by the time they get to the, the Death Wish part of it, you are you feel gross and you want Charles Bronson to shoot you. Because <laughs> you deserve to be shot for watching this piece of shit. <laughs> uh, along the same lines... We've got Angel 3, the final chapter. Oh, my God. Which is the student by day, hooker by night. And in the sequel, she becomes a hooker who gets revenge because, like, one of her friends will die. And then she goes and yeah. gets revenge. Yeah. Um, it's uh, uh, trash. Absolute trash. But, you know, if you like trash. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It's a cor- it's a great trilogy. The Angel trilogy. It's all just <laughs> junk. Um, next up, I'm... Uh, gonna say uh, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. Oh, the final nightmare. With... Yeah, you didn't do the Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, I just figured that was too much. Could you have done that? No, I mean I could have gotten. I, could, I mean I could have gotten. I was know, trying Nightmare to... on Elm Street. Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street Two is is a Dream Master. Is that or is that the fourth one? No, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's Dream Master. Part two is and three is Dream Warriors. 
No, part two is uh, crap. No, I'm. I feel like Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two is just called Part Two, and then Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three was the Dream Dream Warrior. Warriors, and then maybe Four was Dream Master, and, and Four then, was and Dream then Master, Five, five was, is was Dream Child, Dream Child and then Six is Freddy's Dead, Freddy's Dead, and then Seven new is the New Nightmare, yeah. and then Freddy and versus then the Freddy versus Jason, and then the reboot. Right. Uh, Freddy's Dead, the Final Nightmare, like like the Jason movies, is very misleading because it's not the Final Nightmare. Right. But it was also it's just such a mess. <laughs> And it's got and it's got a 3D sequence in it for no reason, <laughs> and Yafakoto. I mean, it's something. It's something to witness. This is like and Johnny Depp pops up in a TV commercial, and then freaking Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr are in it. It's like what the hell is going on? It was just like they're just like all, it's like a, it's, it's all the, the popular stuff at the time. They just like were throwing at a camera. It's the battle of the network stars of a horror <laughs> franchise movie. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, okay, uh, then the fourth. I'm saying Critters Three. Which one was three? It was, was the one the... with DiCaprio. Oh, it's like in a tenement yeah, building. Yeah. It's really bad. It makes Critters Four, Critters in Space, with Angela Bassett, <laughs> look like a, a masterpiece. <laughs> oh my God, Critters Three, you're bad. Uh, and finally, and you know, I'm sad because this man passed away uh, a few months back. But I, I got to say, uh, Billy Jack goes to Washington. <laughs> is the hands down the worst B movie franchise sequel I've ever seen because they took the first two movies are already kind of messy and weird but it, like they have this revenge element like this vigilante element yeah. that Billy Jack is but in he, when he goes to Washington they just they, literally hang out in a room yeah. and talk politics for like hours and you're like what what happened at least the dumb weird stuff would stop every now and then and kick someone's ass and then and then like the movie would go back to being weird but this was just like sitting in a room talking to native americans about opening casinos and stuff i don't know what the hell it was so boring so deeply boring Sorbet of positivity in our moment of got positivity. It. We got it. We got it. it. It'll 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 make you it'll make you feel better. I will say this: while I complained uh, uh, about B movies being gone, there are companies out there like the Scream Factory, yeah, that are finding all these awesome old B movies and give them these loving treatments on the level that they you know restored Lawrence of Arabia. They're restoring crap like the Final Terror. And Lake Placid and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, so it's there. I can still at least go back. We can go back and revisit those magical B movie times through people who actually really care about it. Nice. So I am um, shout out to Scream Factory and there are other companies like them. I mean, Anchor Bay does some good stuff too. Um, and uh, maybe one day Criterion will start doing it. Who knows? Well, that's it. That's the show. That's been uh, the film picks. Uh, structured uh, with two man structured show. So structured. So, so structured. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Steve Skelton for being here. Uh, I'd like to thank the 98, 52, 8 year old uh, Colby yeah. Scott Anderson for popping by and giving us almost nothing. <laughs> and and uh, I'd like to uh, thank Stephen Falk, even though he's not here. Thanks as always to Adam Blau Adam. for the wonder, wonderful music. Uh, thanks to me, uh, and uh, thanks to B movies everywhere. Thanks, B movies. Thanks, B movies. You're great. <laughs> <laughs>